Okay, that's enough of that. I wanted to tell that story. Does everybody understand that story? The left-wing anarchists tore down a statue of Thomas Jefferson. Now we're getting into the real stuff. They decapitated a statue of Christopher Columbus, except in New York when the Italians surrounded it. They didn't have too much of a chance. Those Italians, I love the Italians. They heard they were going to rip down their beautiful Christopher Columbus, and all of a sudden, they circled that thing. They didn't do too well in hurting Christopher, did they? Thank you to our Italian population. We're very proud of you, right? Tuesday, Juno. So more news. If you guys are longtime listeners, you know the drill at this point. So I'm Declan. I'm Malcolm. And today we're going to start with something that started off really just, it was yesterday that the video was posted and now everyone's been kind of digging into this guy's past. But Mm -hmm. this is yet another, I mean, it's now almost becoming a genre of Twitter video of white women freaking out and getting recorded. And then you have the sort of sensible black man behind the camera, you yeah. know, acting calmly and, you know, and then the the lady's losing her mind or whatever. And does something racist. Yeah. Or, or yeah, the guy says, like, oh, you called me the N-word or something like that. And so... And usually she did. Usually, usually it actually happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a lot of the time you're willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because, you know... Um, this Usually kind of the, the way lot. that the, the person is acting in the video is enough to prove uh, yeah, like, what they did if it's not also caught on video. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have the one case of um, Amy Cooper, right, yeah. where she was, you know, faking being scared. Mm-hmm. But, bes- I mean, besides, like, very limited cases, you usually get a very good sense as to what kind of person, you know, the sort of, I guess, Karen videos, as they're called, what kind what kind of person the Karen in question really is just by yeah. the video. Yeah. So most of the time, like whatever happens to them is warranted and just like, yeah. we just want to because make that usually clear. they're being racist. Usually they're threatening to call the police because, or they are calling the police. Yeah. I mean, it's anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Anyways. where, where I'm going with all this is this video was posted by Carlos Dillard. Now I had never heard of this guy. I before had. The, well, I hadn't. I didn't. I didn't know who viral. he was. But I've actually I've seen some of his content before without uh, without knowing about it. Um, but we'll 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 get into that because first we just want to talk about what goes on in the video. We're not going to do the audio because it's long. Um, it's long. It's like fifteen and minutes it's long. A lot of screaming. And, yeah, it's I mean, pretty. But it's it's actually like. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh my god, she's totally flipping out. But then once I started reading more about it, it yeah. was actually... So, like, I watched it again, and I I felt 
I mean, I felt off about it right when he mentions that he followed her home. Mm-hmm. Like, I that was kind of what got my spidey sense tingling, was right when he, he casually mentions that after a fit of road rage, he followed this woman home. Yeah. They, so Anywhere that you learn about road rage, you know that you... Well, first of all, you don't go home in the first place. But if you do, you call the police. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, so right? just like, to sort of, from his account and, and what other people saw, so it, what, what's sort of been able to be reconstructed about what happened here is that he made a traffic mistake and merged when he wasn't supposed to. She got really pissed at him, uh, slammed on her brakes in front of him. Uh, he followed her to her house. Uh, started well, filming and, and her. So, so the key, the accusation that's sort of there that isn't, I guess, confirmed, is whether or not she called him the N-word. Yeah, so, again, I was going to address that. Like, he claims she does, and it's her word against his, right? And so we can't comment on it one way or the other. However, he sort of develops that halfway through when people start chewing him out. Uh... Like, he's like, oh, well, well, she did call me the N-word, and then she, like... Oh, I'm so, just rewatching it now. You're absolutely right. Right, like, so what happens is, like, he follows her home and starts, you know, showing her address and license plate on the camera. She is, like, crying and screaming. Because, obviously, like, you know what happens. I mean, everyone knows about what happened to Amy Cooper, which, again, was, was justified. Like, she lost her job, yeah. and the name is famous between, now. There's a difference between, like, break-checking somebody... And threatening to call the police on them so that they can come and kill the guy for asking you to put your dog on a leash. Yeah, like, what is what, and I, I think we saw, I saw her name, but I didn't pay any attention to it, and I'm not going to say it, because yeah, at I this mean, point, it, like... We, yeah, we, uh, we obviously I, don't want to dox her. And... Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, like, what she did was very rude, right? It was not yeah. the right thing to do. But, again, it, it doesn't warrant this. But, yeah, so she's, like, screaming and crying because she knows, obviously, what's going to go on here uh, if if his side of the story is the pervasive I'd just one. like to mention that I'm pretty sure that she's wearing a nurse's uniform in the video. Hmm. If you look pretty closely, it's kind of like a sort of that purple. Like, you know, they've got the blue. Yeah, the scrubs, scrubs, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty I don't know sure that. she's wearing scrubs. But, Even anyway. Worse. Yeah. So um, if And if that's the case... She's already got a lot on her plate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so I would hardly even blame her for being right angry now. on the way home. Um, but yeah, so he he's filming her and sort of provoking her, very kicking her while she's down. So yeah, her neighbors start coming out and questioning the guy, like, what the hell are you doing? And then he sort of is like, oh, well, 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 she called me the N-word. Yeah, um, like, the story kind of goes from you cut me off in traffic and flipped me off. Right when he starts getting called on, like, when other people start calling him on it, he kind of flips the script and says that, yeah, you know, she called me the N-word. Which mm-hmm. I think would be something that you would want to preface this video with. Like, right when you start recording, I don't know. Maybe if I were in the same position, I would preface it with saying, yeah, this person, you know, called me a racial slur. Before you go and do things like show her address and face and license plate on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It's, it's very, it's very, uh, it's, yeah, and and again, like, it's completely possible that she did. And if she did, then maybe he had some of the justification. But I did a bit of digging, and a lot of, a lot of other people 
did yeah. a lot more digging than I, I, I did, like, and I just yeah, read what they did. A lot of other people shared the same sentiment of, okay, something's up here. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of what I have learned here, not all of it, but a lot of it comes from uh, TrueAnon, who are, like, the leftist conspiracy theorists, although a lot of what they talk it's, about is true. It's a, it's a fun um, listen. It's a, yeah, 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 fun. They're also a pod. I'll listen to them. But, so we will, in the description for this episode link their Twitter thread, and, and they have, like, evidence and stuff like that. And so I just want to talk about sort of this guy, Carlos Dillard's backstory. And and before we get into this, a lot of it has to do with misogyny. Uh, he uses some words that are quite misogynist. We will, as we quote him, use these words just to clarify. We never use any of these words um, in our real lives, uh, and we do not condone their use, obviously. Uh, and we're just, we're proving to you, uh, exactly what he's saying, um, and, and the type of sentiments that this person holds towards women, um, just, just to get it out there, like, these words, some of these words are bad. These are his words. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the first thing that I sort of saw before I got into this true and all thing, which was kind of funny, was that he's one of those pit nutters, um... So, there's, like, an old Facebook post of his that says, and again, sorry in advance, whoever called animal control on her family because her pit bull still has balls, I want to let you know your mom's a hoe. Um, and so, obviously, that last phrase is kind of a meme or whatever, but um, this was immediately a red flag for me because I don't trust any person who owns a, a, a pit bull and knows the dangers of them and still, like, keeps them, right? Like, this yeah. was like, oh, this guy's kind of selfish. And if you are a pit bull defender... I mean, cool. anyone that's that vehemently defensive about dogs... You know, yeah. anyone that's that into dogs already is kind of like a red flag. And then as soon as it's, like, you know, the, the pit bull truthers that are like, oh, well, you know what, my pit bull's an absolute sweetie or whatever. Like, that just kind of... It's, it's all about it how you raise them. It makes me take far less seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, it makes me take you far less seriously, but the fact that, first of all, he was willing to use misogynist language uh, and for something kind of trivial like that, but second of all, um, the the whole, like, keeping an incredibly dangerous animal and not deliberately not taking preventative measures to make it less dangerous is a bit weird. Um, but it gets worse than that, because, uh, Truanon dug up that, uh, this, he has... I, I lost my mind when I saw this. Yeah, yeah, uh, and by the way, it gets even crazier than this. He has a restraining order against him from harassing a woman. Um, online. I'm pretty sure, I'm, was it online? Uh, it, I, it doesn't say, because a lot, uh, yes, it is, it is. So, um, no. Uh, it doesn't say on the form that I'm looking at here, uh, but he's not allowed to talk about it online. But yeah, so no contact. Oh my so god, they got him for his podcast. The, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, like he specifically mentions on his podcast that he's not allowed to talk about this person. Um, yeah. But yeah, which, so which I mean, what the hell, dude? <laughs> mm-hmm, so yeah, um, respondent is restrained from making any attempts to contact petitioner. Respondent is restrained from making any attempts to keep under surveillance petitioner. Respondent is restrained from entering or being within a thousand feet distance of the petitioner's residence, place of employment, 
person or vehicle the address Which, is confidential. so yeah i mean these restraining orders are filed obviously very confidentially it's very hard to find out what they were filed specifically for yeah but a thousand feet absolutely no contact no surveillance residence place of employment person or v or person or vehicle mm-hmm like this the is the only thing he doesn't have to do is pay legal fees. Yeah. Yeah. And they got him for his podcast. Can't have they shit did, yeah. destroyed. So respondent uh, is restrained from making any online statements specifically about petitioner in any social media, internet, email, or electronic communications uh, for the duration of this order. Those electronic communications created by petitioner in the program titled Kicking It With Chris and Carlos. So that's his boyfriend and his podcast. Uh, so yeah. Can't have shit in Detroit. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, again, it gets even crazier, because this guy is a massive clout chaser, uh, and he lies for clout, uh, so I saw, again, this is all in the True and On thread, uh, which we will link, uh, that he claimed in his book that he was, and, and by the way, this guy, I just, I just want to say now, that this guy claims to be like a social media influencer, right? He's someone who makes his money off of people paying attention to him He's a professional grifter. Yes. And I mean, right? he's like, kind of... he, And we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I mean, he's one of those weird, like, social conservatives. Yeah, you know, like this is... That, that's that, like, something that, that is even crazier here. Um, but... Yeah, like he is a massive. And drifter. then he he all of a sudden switches his Twitter at to. Well, at let's white let's get let's finish hate. this off. Yeah, let's finish that this before we get off to that one. <laughs> but because that's crazy, and I want to go. We want we should go more in depth for that. I just want to finish off this point. He in his book claims that he was abandoned at fifteen and was in over thirty foster homes and worked three jobs at the same time to put himself through high school and university Dude while lived homeless. An episode of This Is Us. Exactly. Like this is a. A this is us episode. This is, I um, mean, you know, it, it's like that one dude from This Is Us. Like I've never seen the show, but you know, the guy like, whose dad comes after. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he lived with a single adoptive family. Yeah, for the he, whole I mean, he was just an adopted kid. Yeah, he was adopted into a white family and somehow turned that into. I've been through thirty foster homes. Thirty foster homes. Um, but yeah, so here's the other, uh, clout chaser thing. Um, yeah, he's a Trump supporter. So the first time I saw, Car- uh, I, the first time I saw this guy was, um, uh, Carlos. And I had forgotten about it. And I didn't even register any importance about this guy. Um, was on one of those, like, YouTube videos, those cut videos, like, Line up and guess who's the Democrat? Guess who's the Republican? You know, we'll break down stereotypes. I've, and I've so, gladly, I've gladly missed out on those, but yeah, no, it's total time sponge and completely not worth it. Don't do it. Um, anyways, he, uh, yeah, so he was one of the guessers, but his whole the whole thing and and the sort of reason or his claim to fame on that specific episode was that he was black, uh, very clearly. Uh, gay, um, and, you know, like, there are the sort of the specific ways of dressing and ways of talking that, you know, I don't necessarily do, uh, but a lot of queer people, uh, do as a sort of an identifier, um, like you can hear in his voice that, like, he's stereotypically very gay, 
uh, and that he, yet he turned out to be uh, a right winger, uh, some sort of libertarian he claimed to be, which which is supposed to be like a what what yeah instead so, of just showing you like if you shop hard enough at the ideological marketplace that you can fit in your own minority group as one of the ones that would not be exterminated under a right under a right but they group. will like these these people it's like people like this only exist to for for right wingers to uh say well i'm not racist or sexist or transphobic owens yeah like can i'm not racist or sexist because candace owens abused me i'm not a transphobe because blair white agrees with me right like these people get so much appreciation from like it's some it's a grift on the right which i kind of respect a little bit right but well, these people yeah i mean it's it's the same vein of like is andrew Shear defrauding the conservative party of money is that really that bad like it would be it, worse if you were defrauding the ndp or the libs yeah uh now andrew Shear is i mean he's ideologically asshole, but... lined up with the conservative party and genuinely wanted a conservative victory he just was also defrauding them for a bunch of money yeah um but yeah, so uh, it's sort of like how Candace Owens was, you know, struggling to make ends meet working for a liberal publication and then suddenly switched to being this like hyper reactionary who apologizes for Adolf Hitler um, and starts raking in the big bucks. And this guy kind of does the opposite. And we'll get to that. Like, we're getting to that now because he was very very openly uh, Republican and reactionary. So he once said on someone's podcast, and again, I apologize for this advance, but uh, for this word in advance, but he says, Trump never grabbed me by the pussy. Obviously in in uh, reference to I mean, the it, whole like, Access Hollywood I, scandal where Trump was bragging about sexual I feel like people. that's like a, a sort of off-color joke that like they think is funny in the middle of a riff or whatever. And it just turns out that, like, he's kind of gone mask off and, like, sort of shown, like, where his loyalties lie. No, I mean, he <laughs> he said this specifically uh, as a right-winger, right? Yeah. Like, this wasn't even a yeah, riff Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, oh, man, you don't know the context. I'm just saying, like, he probably didn't intend for it to come out that way. Yeah, so he probably intended it to come out as, oh, well, I support Trump because I was never sexually assaulted by him. Which, which like, uh, ergo, he's not, a, he's not a rapist. Um, but, yeah, he, so he has apologized for, uh, and again, this fits the pattern, he's apologized for violence against women because of his preferred candidate or president. Crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, he, he's, like, if you are, and I, I can say this as a, a queer person, uh, who is sort of had internal dialogues with myself like if when somebody faces discrimination one tends to see where it's coming from right and so and and one tends to be more likely to understand how these systems work so in order for the oppressed to side with the oppressor they need to do like they need to know a lot like, they need to do a lot of research, and they need to fool themselves, obviously. Um, but, like, he... It becomes, like, they have to convince themselves that they're one of the good ones, and that they're not... Yeah, exactly. And so, like, and we've sat on this this show before. Like, for me, a lot of my journey from 
liberal to to far leftist just coincided with my realization that not everybody who voted for Trump is a bad person. But again, this is like an affluent upper middle class person who supported and probably still supports secretly Donald Trump. This is a person who is not voting because their their jobs dried up and he's the one who looked them in the eye and said, I understand. This is a person who's voting like fully cognizant of these issues that, that Trump champions, like securing the border or, or, or all these, like whatever. We don't need to yeah. dissect what's bad about Donald Trump, but like fully cognizant of, of all these issues. Um, because when you are a victim of discrimination, as I'm sure this guy has been, you you recognize discrimination and you recognize people who want to discriminate. And Trump, Donald Trump is undeniably somebody who wants to discriminate and who discriminates. So, like, to to do all that, like, to be someone... Like, I, again, I won't say that some minor who has had all their jobs dried up and voted for Donald Trump is a bad person. I will say somebody like Candace Owens or this person are bad people and are people yeah. who are deliberately um, and... Uh, like, co consciously furthering systems of oppression, right? Like, I, I, and I don't really have much more to say on that, but um, this is a person who understands and does it anyways. Um, but yeah, well, so... I mean, he's also, I mean, you've, you know, you're kind of forgetting that he's in it for the grift. That's right? true. He, he wants the money. Mm -hmm. This, this makes, this is how... You know, he puts food on the table. Right. Because at a certain point, uh, he deletes all the Trump support uh, on his Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Uh, he changes his, his, yeah, Twitter, he changes handle his Twitter handle to, to white hate people white people. Hate. Uh, or, yeah, white people hate. Um, which, again, that that very Twitter... If I saw anyone else with that Twitter handle, I wouldn't care because I get it. Um, it's ironic. But the fact and, that you've gone from... Trump never grabbed me by the pussy straight to, like, full-on, like, you know, he's just kind of adopted a different grift at this point. Yeah, like, and again, like, for me, yeah, I went from center to radical, but it took a while, right? It went from center to, oh, man, Bernie probably could have won, to, oh, man, Bernie, Bernie should have won. won, to, oh, my God, I just met Bernie Sanders and he's the coolest guy ever, to... To tanky, to fuck right? Bernie, to like, to no more. Yeah, Bernie yeah, Sanders. like, and the because there's a certain point. Past the need for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, because like, and then you sort of, I, I went really far left, except I hadn't read anything, so I went tanky, and then I read, and I and then you became, read books, and then you. I read of... books, and I became some sort of ultra leftist, and and then I read other books, and I yeah. became a Christian socialist. Like it, I mean, it's, these things take time. Like I didn't just jump from. Uh, Hillary, like, still with her, um, to, to, uh, you know, Jesus was a communist. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, he's also, another thing is that he's done this before. There's two other videos that he's posted of him accusing people, like, in a very, very similar manner mm -hmm. of, they called me, they called me a slur off screen. I'm going to get up in their face and start yelling at them. But yeah. 
interestingly, both of these video of these videos before were deleted because they didn't get much traction. Yeah. They didn't they didn't get a lot of retweets or likes or replies. Mm. So they were and deleted. So, which seems he, very odd to say the to say. And the you know worst. what else is really interesting? You know in these other two videos, who was targeted? Middle aged to older women. Yeah. Yeah. In one of the videos, it's a. I think I believe it's an Asian woman. Yeah, it's an Asian woman and in a McDonald's. In, in or something. A, the third video, I think it was a, another white woman. But yeah, yeah. He ex- he. The only targets for these are older women, and if if you had a gun to my head and told me to guess why, I would say that it's because that whole Karen narrative is like kind of what a lot of Twitter's sort of fixated on, and they they want to do good in the world, and they think that you know getting a racist fired from their job which is undeniably a good thing but if that anger gets misdirected at an innocent person simply because this conservative dude wants some clout yeah i mean that's just that's it's horrible Mm -hmm. and so like the reason that i for for you know uh, the most part or um to a reasonable extent support uh i guess what you would call twitter justice is because you know, the real systems of justice do not exist to serve justice for, um, you know, oppressed people, right? Like, just like in Canada, um, an indigenous person, uh, despite having, like, literal in-code legal advantages over everybody else and and recognition of oppression and stuff like that, um, uh, Indigenous people are less likely to get justice. Or if you look at the Globe and Mail investigation a few years ago that said that only something like 10% of rapes that are reported to the police are actually investigated. Um, and even less have, have crime, like have, have charges laid. Uh, stuff like that. Like because our own systems do not function uh, in the name of justice, like sometimes you have to take it into your own hands. And, and this is where ContraPoints makes a, a really good point. Uh, when, the, the problem is that when you do this over the internet and when you have these mobs, it's very easy to um, go from, oh my god, someone did something bad, to it blows up and now this person is, is the devil themselves, right? It's like, uh, James Charles was on the news, uh, on trending again, because everyone was sort of having their, oh my god, that James Charles Taddy Westbrook scandal was bullshit. Um, and obviously I, I knew that all along. But, um, you know, it, it comes down to, uh, this base, I guess, at this point now seen as lie, which was James Charles, uh, like, did something bad, which went to, uh, James Charles is a bad person, which immediately went, which then, when it blew up, um, like, on Twitter and everything, then it went to, we need to end this man's career. And, because he's a you know, bad person. ignoring the fact that his career continues. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, he of, completely survived it. I mean, props the, to you. The Twitter lynch mob has rapidly been realized as a sort of weapon. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't have a lot of real-life avenues for doing good, and so they think if they end enough racists' careers, that racism will go away. It's the Sky Jackson thing. Yeah, that was, that uh, if was... you don't know, she was doxing racists, and then she ended up doxing a 13-year-old for making for reposting a meme 
two years ago, and then uh, he got kid was eleven. The kid was eleven. Kid was eleven. He reposted a meme that had uh, the N word in it, uh, and then um, he got expelled from school like two years ago. Expelled from school. Expelled from school. Both his parents lost their their jobs. Yeah. Like I think that's the worst part of it. Mm -hmm. Is that because not even you know doing what the U.S. does and ignoring the fact we're in a pandemic. Um, getting two, but getting both sources of income fired, like gone from this kid's household. I mean, it's just over a meme, and like, sure, if somebody, like, and and again, if a lot somebody of what, posts cringe, you should probably tell them that that was a bad thing to mm-hmm. do. And a lot of what Sky Jackson is doing is like adults and stuff like that, and that's okay. And I, like, exposing but I think genuine if, if Sky, if Sky would have direct messaged this kid first and said hey dude what the hell yeah like i feel like that would have had a much more positive effect than just ruining this kid's life the problem is she said dm me racist and i'll expose them and she did it without doing any research like that's that's the problem is that our systems of justice do not enforce justice properly which is why we turn to these other methods uh except our systems of justice even though they do not are set up to enforce justice far more effectively uh, than uh, Twitter mobs. And I won't use the word lynch, because that's got yeah. connotations. But um, Twitter mobs. Uh, pitchfork mobs, maybe I'll say. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and and it, it goes on, because uh, here I'm reading... I just want to read a... Uh, from when he ran an Airbnb, a guest uh, review from, again, a woman... Uh, which I think is is telling here. So it says, Carlo's place is clean and perfectly spotless with many interesting design details. There's three out of five stars, by the way, so not even a terrible review. Nice kitchen, but only one high, uncomfortable chair to sit on. Curious black cat owns the house, and two doggies stay mostly in Chris and Carlo's room. All are pretty sweet and nice to have around. Be aware of constant highway noise. If you're reserving for two people, you will be sleeping on your mattress. There might be some other guests staying, etc., etc. I felt uncomfortable with a mother with a newborn child sleeping in the living room. It seems to me that the mom is high on cocaine, and she had some ongoing conflict with Chow's dad, who was not allowed in the, to the house. I was worried that bad things were about to happen, and was considering uh, to move out um, before our stay expires. It seems, though, that Chris, Carlos' husband, was making sure she and her kid are alright, and the next day they were gone, child services card left on the table. Also, Chris and Carlos seemed to love conflicts. We could hear them angry, hysterical screaming and swearing from their room. Overall, we felt safe, well slept, but somehow stressed. Will not stay again. Uh, and weird so, vibes. Weird really, vibes. Really weird vibes. Really weird vibes. But and it's the funny thing about this is she says this guy th- like it seems to me like he thrives on conflict. And immediately, this is a few years ago. This is in 2017. He flips. Right. He starts apparently calling Airbnb, saying take the review down. Uh, which of course is stupid. Uh, and this is about the one side ever I will side with Airbnb because they're a terrible company. Uh, you know, this is defamation. They are landlords for the landlords. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe we can get into an economics episode about Airbnb one day, but not right now. Gig economy, but yeah, yeah, we don't have the time. We don't have the time. Uh, anyways, so, uh, yeah, he just completely flips out, um, and and so I mean I, I I hardly even know like 
Now, of course, I'm going to this tweet and everyone's posting a true and on I in the comments. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it basically says my main problem is that the host thrives on conflict and that he immediately flips out. He also, um, he also, well, a, uh, well, well, he was uh, a hyper reactionary. He said he didn't believe in, in divorce, but then went on one of those save my marriage divorce court episodes with his husband. Um, in 2018. So, yeah, uh, he both thrives on conflict and attention. Like, that's how this guy gets his thrills. He's a clout chaser. Of course he's gonna want as much attention from wherever as possible. Yeah, and, and but it, it's mean, more than just clout chasing at this point. Because here's the most one of the most disgusting and reprehensible part of this, of this whole thing, right? He is selling fucking shirts so of this. So, in the video, in the video, the alleged Karen, which is something that... that that's a Yeah, sentence. alleged... Yeah. That's a very 2020 sentence, but the alleged Karen um, said that, you know, she has a black boyfriend. Husband. Or, or black... She Yeah, so she has a black husband. Like, the middle of her panic attack. Yeah. And, and obviously, I, guess it, it, I guess it came out of her mouth that she had, because, you know, she's in the middle of a panic attack, currently watching her entire future just go spiral down the drain. Mm -hmm. um, and so this dude, after posting this video, he, he starts making t-shirts that say, I have a, bl I had a black husband, Karen, yeah. and like, quote, Karen. Yeah. And selling this. So not only is he posting her license plate address, and I don't think we ever see her full face. No, because she's wearing a mask. Yeah, like she, you know, like she should be doing. Yeah, um, oh yeah. But, I mean, she, you know, this guy's now profiting off of that by selling t-shirts. Yeah. About how he ruined this woman's life. Yeah, and like, and he also has one where, another one of his quotes saying, Karen, are you okay? Or keep that same energy, Karen. Because, again, it's important to, and I think this is actually kind of telling, throughout the entire thing, he specifically keeps referring to her as Karen, which basically tells you that he intends to post this online. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's also baiting people into, like, you know, replying or quote tweeting, with, aha, look at this Karen, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's all... It all seems very manufactured Twitter clout. And of course, that's the uh, that's our 2020 um, co-written work um, in the mm -hmm. style of manufactured consent. Um, yeah, this is this is it's it's. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and manufacturing so manufacturing Karens, this just and again, like we could be totally wrong, right? Yeah, she could you have called what? him the N word and then he just reacted uh, in an illegal way because but by I, the way I, what I he did was stalking that, the, in the fourth degree the um, thing that's throwing me is that he followed her home yeah well that's stalking in the fourth degree to follow her home and then post her personal information on the internet with the intent of causing her harm is well he stalking in the fourth has degree a restraining order with another woman yeah i mean that's all yeah um like this could all just be a a, a comedy of circumstance uh, and that he just committed st uh, stalking in the fourth degree after she called him a, a, a racial slur and genuinely did try and kill him in a car or whatever. Um, but, 
but it's it just very it hard smells like Jesse Smollett to me. Knowing what we know, yeah, it smells like Jesse Smollett to me. And even if, like, so the best this can get for him, in my view, is that they're both bad people. But what this likely is is that he tried he to got ruin this woman's life on his for drive home. He got brake checked on his drive home and realized that he could make a killing out of this because he hates women. Um, and I think w- with that, I guess. I mean that. that I mean, Smollett, I think this has kind of implications. Um, I guess. Like, I mean, I was just because I saw this tweet earlier today before I saw all this by, uh, of all people, Pierce Morgan saying Black Lives Matter. Right, uh, because I think it's undeniable at this point that there's another culture war. Um, and oh I think. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. Yet and another I think, thing we get to live through. Hell yeah. I think at like this specific incident, and the amount it's sort of, I, I hope not for long, but succeeded for this guy. Um, because, by the way, most of his comments are like, oh my god, I'm going to buy this shirt, or hell yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, you know, get a look Yeah, and Karen. news articles are like, this Karen lost her shit when she realized she was being filmed and stuff like that. Um... So I'm I'm hoping that this this severely backfires for him. I really hope, um, but I don't know. I guess we'll just wait and see. Yeah. So, but I I think that because of this culture war, um, moderate conservatives or most conser like a lot of conservatives are sort of starting to see the writing on the wall, and the reactionaries yeah. are just becoming so bald headed that a lot of conservatives are having to side with more liberal people. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's sort of polarizing. Yeah, like if Pierce Morgan... They can either be pulled to the center, or they can be pulled to the right. Yeah, like if Pierce Morgan... And they don't like how the right goes, and they don't mind, you know, conceding a couple things like equal marriage, and maybe abortion rights. Yeah. And, you know, as long as they get to grill at the end of the day, they don't give a shit. If if Pierce Morgan isn't okay saying Jews will not replace us, then he has to go left, right? And so... Or because, I mean, obviously he's British, and even, like, all the British far-right people hate the Nazis. Uh, whereas... It, well... Oh, I guess I, there I think you're giving British the British Nazis. right a lot more credit than they deserve. <laughs> I guess. I just feel like a lot of the British right is more... A lot of, yeah, a lot back of the British Imperial right is British more, days. like, that, that weird, like, not Nazism, but just, like, that weird, like, great replacement kind of, well, like... Well, because the British right... Uh, harken back to the empire, right? Yeah. So they hate populism, and so and they're and they're convi- and they're also convinced of the of the great invasion or whatever the great yeah. replacement as they the call the great it. replacement. Well, I mean Nazis are too, but like yeah, so they harken back to the sort of highly class based high Toryism, yeah. whereas Nazism uh, and fascism are both sort of, despite the fact that they create their own new class systems, they're they're populist ideologies, and and there's nothing that a British far-right person hates more than, than populism because populism is what destroyed the empire. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that, like, the fact that this person saw it as more profitable for his brand to pretend to be a Black Lives Matter liberal who Even the grift is shifting left. Yeah, the Hell grift is yeah. shifting left, which, no, I don't... Like, no, it, maybe it, this it, is my own... I'd, and, and this is, I think just my own view of history of the left, that I would rather keep my principles and lose than, like, 
if if the left mutates to the point where it's no longer recognizably the left in order to win, then what were you fighting for, right? Yeah. So I think it's better to keep your principles and lose, and just as Rosa Luxemburg says, says, have your defeat be another link in the chain of historical defeats that eventually leads to the ultimate, you know, victory. Yeah. Because there will be an ultimate victory one day, and I doubt that I will see it. But there will be, because there are too many internal contradictions for capitalism to hold itself up, and class systems to hold themselves up, because we outnumber them. Um, but yeah, no, I just I think it's it's interesting that the grift is shifting left. I think it tells you that the liberals are winning the class war. Take pain. that as just you will. Pain. Um, so we have, I think, three more things to yeah. just go over kind of quickly. Uh, two are funny to an extent. Well, one is very funny, one's funny to an extent, and one is kind of disturbing. So the we're going to start rally. with... Yeah, we're going to start with the funniest one. I mean, the fact that in, in the year of our Lord 2020, I had to read the sentence, Trump team denies that they were trolled by TikTok teens. That made me viscerally ill. I felt yeah. a, like, I felt ill reading that because, ugh. So, so what happened uh, is that Trump, I mean, shout out to the kids that did it, though. Shout out to the kids who di that did it. It was funny. I've done I've done it before, but it's never worked to the same effect. Um, yeah. And I did it this time as well. Um, They're waking up to the fact that if they organize, they can affect change. Let's exactly, fucking exactly. go. But yeah, so basically, Trump had his first ever rally since, and first campaign rally, and first ever rally since COVID started uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and there was a lot of fanfare about it because it was, you know, early and people were like, oh my god, this is dangerous, and the right was like, why are you allowed your protest and we're not allowed a rally, etc. Which is honestly kind of a good point. Um, but I think protests are much more important than going and watching your guy, uh, be racist for three hours. Um, and obviously he says this very humorous comment that you heard in the beginning about Italians. Uh, and how he loves the Italians in New York. Um, but yeah, so so basically what happened is because tickets were free and there's a limited number of seating and unlimited tickets, um, what a bunch of Zoomers did, uh, mostly through organization of people on TikTok and K-pop fans, by the way, I will not say the word stand because that's disgusting, uh, or in a positive light at least, uh, and... I'm not K-pop fans organized. I'm not K-pop is bad except for Psy, Gangnam Style still slaps. Uh, best song of the de decade. Um, and I'm not on TikTok because both of them suck. But props to them for doing this. What they did was they just organized and everybody registered for tickets. So uh, yeah, at a certain and, and point, if you've ever registered for concert tickets before, usually the promoter will set up some way that. You know, they'll reserve your ticket for a certain amount of time before you pay. Yeah. But I, you didn't have to pay to get into this. No, round, these are free. These are free. So what what they were doing is they weren't verifying people at all, which I'm pretty sure the ticket portal that they used had verification options. They just didn't elect to use them. Yeah. So what ended up happening is these masses of teens, I mean, they didn't need a lot of people for it to work. No, you just need to do it over and over. So, yeah, well, and it's also, it's a stadium with a capacity of what, like big and they built outside uh, stairs as well like outside benches yeah um, it's it's 30 it's a 30,000 I think so it's a 30,000 oh no wait there's yeah 
They put in, okay, basically tens of thousands of people. No more than 30,000 seats. We'll, no we'll, more than we'll 30,000 seats. Uh, and then so you, you add these outside bleachers that they constructed. To re- you don't need a lot of people to reserve tickets to make it look like it has terrible turnout. Because yeah. the worst thing to happen at a political rally is for it to look like there's bad turnout. Yeah, and it had, like, I mean, having been to a couple, the the amount of smoke and mirrors that goes on to make it look like there's a raucous crowd around the candidate is actually kind of funny to watch them all organize. Yes, but even the Trump campaign couldn't pull off like a, a big enough deception of everyone because there were videos of just these massive empty spaces even yeah. when he was talking. So a lot of people, I mean, six thousand people showed up. But they were expecting over 30,000. They built these bleachers outside because so many people bought tickets, right? No, registered. Oh, sorry, registered for tickets. No, yeah. no, not even bought. Like, they didn't even, they didn't even have to put any money down. Yeah, they I didn't, didn't even have, have to, a deposit. I didn't. Yeah, sorry, I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done this before. I did it this time. And, I like, think they would so have been easy. able to thwart this by literally just having people put down, like, a $5 deposit for their tickets. The only, yeah, the only sacrifice I had to make was putting my email back on his mailing list. Yeah. Um, but but as a liberal, you know, I would be very owned if they never implemented a five dollar deposit system for any of their rally for any of their rally tickets. Like I would be so owned, and I'd probably start crying if they didn't implement a five dollar deposit on the. Yeah, that would be that would yeah I that would, would be so bad. I would, that'd be I would terrible if they didn't do that. I would be so um, I'd be so trolled, dude. I'd be so trolled. But uh, yeah, so um, I mean, I registered I think about five tickets under the name Alexandra Collentai. Um and I've already started getting his fucking emails. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, this was good and cool until I saw this tweet, and everyone's seen this tweet at this point, which was someone basically saying, K-pop has turned out to be a more revolutionary genre of music than punk rock. God damn it. And They've I, won. I was... They've won. <laughs> the neo-libs have won. They c- we couldn't do it. Oh no, guys. This genre that markets these incredibly harmful stereotypes of of women and men uh and is so disgusting towards their stars that it literally drives a significant portion of them to suicide uh and was literally unironically created uh for a tax loophole uh is is more revolutionary than than punk rock because uh some teenagers uh, uh, pulled a, a, a prank on Orange Man. On on the Cheeto. On the on. Um, Bro, there is yeah. a Cheeto in the White House. Oh my God. So I think now having talked about the Trump rally and also the fact that you know we're uh, manifesting some more cases in that. Mm-hmm. Part so of yeah, the uh, listen to the Clash. Don't listen to BTS. But Reje- if you feel reject the need, modernity, embrace, embrace tradition. tradition. <laughs> if you feel the need to listen to K-pop, I suggest either. Gangnam Style by Psy. Or Sandinista. The entirety of Sandinista. Or, there's this excellent group uh, from Pyongyang in Korea called the Pokonbo Electronic Ensemble. They have excellent songs like uh, like Excellent Horse Like Lady, Don't Advance Night of Pyongyang, Where Are You Dear General, uh, No Motherland Without You. I highly suggest them. Excellent band. Uh, anyways, yeah. We're gonna hop into something that's more in my, uh, I guess, wheelhouse. Yeah, we finally got... Finally, (laughs) we have some car-related news, but this is not how I wanted to be bringing up one of my favorite sports. Um, as I'm sure if anyone that follows the sports world and listens to our podcast, so all three of you probably heard (laughs) that 
Bubba Wallace, um, it, who is a mixed race driver, he drives NASCAR the driver. number 43 Richard Petty Motorsports car in the NASCAR Cup Series. There was a noose found, reportedly, by one of his team members, and this is important, by one of his team members in his garage. The number and by the way, four he's garage the only, at he's, Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. And he is the only non-white he is driver the in NASCAR. Only, well, Kyle Larson actually was, he was he's Asian-American. Oh, okay, I think his mom's mind. Japanese. But he got fired during COVID because he was on an iRacing live stream and said the N-word. That's not a joke. He got fired for... One of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program drivers got fired for saying a racial slur while sim racing. But that's not what wait, we're talking about Wait, here. wait, wait. Carlos Dillard, is that you? <laughs> but <laughs> So that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Bubba Wallace finding a noose in his garage. And you hear that. You hear the only black driver finding a noose in his garage in, in the race in Alabama... It's Yoinks. terrifying. That's a, yeah. That is an active threat. Mm-hmm. And the worst part about it is because the race was run without fans, no one would have had access to the, the infield where the garages are, except for track staff and anyone that's a part of NASCAR or part of the teams. Yeah. Which meant that this would have had to come from someone on the inside, which arguably makes it so much worse. This caused enough of a firestorm that I heard about it. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was a shitstorm, and NASCAR promptly made all the comments and said that you know we will be investigating this. You know, it is our top priority, and whoever will, whoever we find will, you know, will be at the very least kicked out of any NASCAR sanctioned events forever. You know, all this stuff, um, and so everyone thinks that it's you know, the logical thinker thinks that this is a hate crime. Because what the hell else would it be? All we've heard is that a noose was found in the only black driver's garage. Yeah. Um, now, a key point before we get into the rest of this, it was one of the team members. So because Bubba is a driver, the teams are being kept separate from the drivers as best they can. Meaning Why is that? It's just one of the restrictions. So Okay. The driver oh, travels separately, and the team travels separately. Is that for and they COVID have sort or of just a reserve a, a team rule? in case of yeah, in case one of them gets coronavirus, doesn't spread. Got it. Okay, okay. So, one of the garage members finds this and reports it to NASCAR, and this is how the story gets broken. Now, an important thing here is that Talladega hosts two races, one I believe in September or October near the end of the season, and one about halfway through the season, the spring Talladega and the fall Talladega race. Now, last fall, in the fall, the 2019 fall Talladega race, the number four garage that Richard Petty Motorsports, Bubba Wallace's team, was assigned, was assigned in the last fall to Wood Brothers Motorsport, where, who are a one car, they're the number 21, they only have one car and one team. So it's a pretty small operation, but they're decently fast. But... Hell yeah. Someone managed to dig up from last fall... A picture that shows what appears to be a noose hanging in the no in the number four garage in October of 2019. And so they couldn't have known that Bubba Wallace was... Um... There, there is no way that anyone on Wood Brothers would have known that the number 43 Richard Petty Motorsports car would be assigned that garage stall. There is no way for them to have predicted it. So 
what ended up happening after this photo surfaced and after an FBI investigation was conducted, it was found out that this noose was actually a pull loop for the garage door. That one of the Wood Brothers team members had installed because for whatever reason their garage door control wasn't working. Or just in case it wasn't. However, I just want to say, I think that sort of links into NASCAR has a very toxic... I mean, yeah, we don't need to we don't need to talk about this really a lot because everyone assumes that NASCAR fans are just rednecks, which yeah. is a very fair assessment. Yeah, but uh, and and so people are already like I I, I went on his Twitter uh, before we were filming this ep- uh, recorded this episode, and everyone was like calling him a Jussie Smollett. And yeah, and how like he, but he, I mean, he couldn't have done. First it. of all, he couldn't have done it because he couldn't have known he would have been in that garage stall. So. It's, it's false because the noose was there before. And also, it wasn't even him that found it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he found it and went, oh man, this is a hate crime. Yeah. You know? Someone else found it. Team, and it was one of his FBI team members like, oh, that man. said, hey, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then there was inve- an investigation. And recently, um, you know, because apparently it's the 1880s down in, uh, in NASCAR country, they <laughs> recently banned flying the Confederate flag at any NASCAR sanctioned event. So anyone trying to be flying it or showing it would or be wearing ejected. it on your clothes, anything like that. You're gone from the race, which is fair. Who yeah. wants to wear the flag of a bunch of losers, anyways? <laughs> Unless you're racist. But I hate how conservatives in America are like, we don't like participation such trophies. Nerds. We don't like participation trophies, and then they just fly the Confederate flag. Like, you literally fought a war over slavery and got like so clowned on that uh sherman made an entire city disappear yeah yeah but so this confederate flag ban caused one um ray sicarelli <laughs> to decide that this was i guess the uh the, the time to go down this was the flames. this was the final straw this was it the time for his principled last stand and so he's he tweets out that he is not going to continue racing in the in any NASCAR series. So up until he had been racing in the ARCA racing series, which is a I don't want to get into it because we're already running long, but it, it's a separate sanctioned series from NASCAR. Um, and he recently entered in 2017 into the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, which is just it's one of the more junior series. Um, and so his watch best. It? Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a feeder series, so it follows NASCAR around. It, it runs where they run, but I just want to say that his best finish in this truck series has been a 33rd, like in terms of points. So in a field of, we'll say 50 drivers, his best finish is 33rd. Um, so basically so this, this guy's is like, the guy, he's using this to try and launch his career, I guess, because he's already was an absolutely nothing driver. And yeah. So basically like, the guy's like, I quit. And everyone's like, Okay. okay. And then he, and? so it was announced at the Atlanta, um, race, which was, uh, a week before the Baptist health 200, which was at Homestead Miami speedway. Okay. Lo and behold, race Sicarelli participated in <laughs> the Baptist health 200 and managed to finish 29th. Wow. Good on him actually. No, but it's like out of 35. Oh no, I, I just, I think it's funny that so the guy's like okay this is dumb i quit and then no one cares and so he's like okay fine i'll race and then he races and he's still what a nerd 
I mean, obviously, I won't call him terrible because I couldn't. I don't even have a driver's license. But he's fifty, dude. You could definitely drive better than this dude. <laughs> Listen, I'm very good at uh, driving lawn tractors. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and All so right, that so leads now, us into our final thing. Yeah, this is this was weird, and it's this still is a developing really story. weird to me. <laughs> so, if you remember, on our very first episode, we talked about uh, an at the time recent tragedy uh, in in Nova Scotia, where uh, Canada had its, I, I believe, worst ever mass shooting. Uh, a guy went on a rampage, uh, and a bunch of people, uh, and one uh, police officer. Um, who uh, engaged him in a gunfight, uh, lost their lives. They were they were murdered by him. Um, and so, uh, as more and more footage, uh, more scrutiny has been on, on this guy, um, uh, Gabriel Wartman, um, who is now dead, uh, as more and more like scrutiny has been on, on who he was, people have been digging up sort of security footage of him, um, and and sort of ac his activities and stuff like that, uh, and so someone noticed that uh, before he killed twenty two Nova Scotians, he withdrew four hundred and seventy five thousand uh, dollars Canadian, in cash. obviously in cash, um, and specifically, uh, and we're gonna link a news article about this by the way, specifically uh, in cash directly from a Brinks Center. I don't know On what... On March 30th, 2020. Shit, that's my birthday. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if they have an... Like, if it's the same Brinks in, in uh, America or around the world, but basically it's the, the organization that shuttles money between banks. So they have those armored cars or vans and, and stuff. So Brinks is not a bank. Brinks is a holding center... From yeah. money, and the only reason you would withdraw money in cash from directly Brinks from Brinks is if you don't want it to be traced. Um, and so I mean, the, only... the reason they give here is because he figured that in Corona he would want his money in cash, which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. I mean, we don't clearly... have the gold standard, so there's no way to back that money up. So once it's done, it's done. Like, yeah, and it's clearly. He was trying, thinking he was going to be going on the run. Obviously, he ended up dying, but he thought he was going to go on the run. Um, and so, but the the reason people would with someone would withdraw cash, not from a bank but from Brinks, is because it's virtually untraceable. So the only people authorized to do this are the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Uh. So, people are a bit confused. It's weird, and I don't want to make any sort of, you know, rash, you know, oh my god, it was an op for them to take away guns. But No, that, I, that, that's not true. That's not but where we're going with this. It's where just... we're going with this is that the only way he could have done this was that, and people have already determined that he was in with organized crime. The only way he could have done this is if he was an undercover RCMP officer. Or some sort of RCMP agent. Now, the RCMP has denied this, but the only time they're ever required to tell the truth uh, about who their agents are, their informants and agents are, uh, is in a court. They're allowed to lie to private citizens, they're allowed to lie to politicians, 
the House of Commons, uh, and they're allowed to lie to the media about this stuff, which, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, but in a court of law, uh, they are not. Another, now, yeah, and another thing that this article managed to get is that they interviewed a Canadian retail banking expert, speaking on condition that they not be identified, means that it is unlikely that he is cashing out his own savings because usually what happens is, you know, you, you walk into your, your bank branch, you say, you know, I want to completely cash out and have everything in cash. So obviously, you know, banks nowadays don't keep that much money on hand for security reasons. Yeah. Also because it's all electronic now. And so they, you know, it takes a while for the Brinks order to be processed, but then the Brinks truck delivers it to the bank branch where you then have the money counted out and given in cash yeah so i mean it's and the fact that he then yeah he went directly to a brinks depot to grab the money is very weird very suspicious yeah so yeah like here's uh another an anonymous um mountie who's saying like that's what we do when we need flash money for a buy. So for like large amounts of drugs or weapons or whatever for a sting. We don't keep stashes of money around the office. When we suddenly need a large sum of money to make a buy or something, that's the route we take. I think with the Brinks transaction, you proved that uh, with that single fact that he had a relationship with the police. He was either a CI or an agent. CI means confidential informant. Uh, there are also videos, uh, which when you like the article, you can look at of him doing this. Um... So yeah, Canadian, yeah, so th this is uh, very weird. But yeah, so it, it says here, like, yeah, the RCMP operations manual authorizes the force to mislead all but the courts in order to conceal the identity of confidential informants and agent sources. Uh, the identity of a source must be protected at all times except when the administration of justice requires otherwise, i.e. a member cannot mislead a court in any proceeding in order to protect a source. Um, so... I mean, there's nothing really more we can say on that. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we don't want to say it's an op or anything. It's just very, no, very it was it, it was not an op, right? Like, yeah. um, the worst op that the RCMP ever did was accidentally baiting two people into being Islamic terrorists and then arresting them before they did anything. Um... Like, this isn't some sort of Operation Northwoods type of thing. Um, but uh, just the fact that he probably... Like, he was given these resources by the RCMP, and he probably got weapons training from the RCMP, and that probably explains how he was able to get his hands on a police car. Um yeah then uh and and get all these weapons that probably like basically the point that i want to make with this is that don't ever talk about gun control again when this is why right like obviously at the time when the the assault weapons ban came out afterwards we sort of tangibly said whatever um and i i still say whatever but i think that when people make arguments about gun control, uh, they forget what the greatest sponsor of violence is, and that is capital. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, there you go. Uh, that's been it. That's that's week. it. Um, Gabriel Wortman, RCMP agent. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? This is weird. Um, but yeah, so I mean, have a good day, I guess. Yeah, well, we're leaving you on a very uncertain note this week. I'm not sure I like it. Yeah, but, uh, keep being your said, eyes open. Uh, we don't even know what we're going to talk about on Friday. Usually we do, but we don't. Yeah. We'll um, sort that out. Yeah, we will. We'll have an episode Friday, Saturday morning, whenever it comes out. Probably we'll, Saturday We'll get morning. her done. Yep. But until then, I'm Declan. I'm Malcolm. This has been your Juno. Remember the okay. shirts. Hell yeah.